Welcome to the Sports Corner Podcast, episode 83. After a brief two-week hiatus, we're back, ready to tell you all of the important sporting information that you need to know. My name is Nick, joined as always by my good friend Stephen. We're looking forward to another fun night. I hope you are too. It's episode 83. Stephen, how are you? I am fantastic, Nick. That's good to hear. No, you know, I'm doing well. Um... I can't complain. My, uh, you know, been been off, been off. We've been off the microphone for two weeks, Stephen. Uh, we I had I had vacation Bible school at work last week, so that took up. We do no. it at night at no. our church, so that took it up. And then I guess what you were a busy man on Memorial Day. Yeah, Memorial Day was a busy day for me. So yeah. So but I had to miss back. because of work. Stephen missed because he was too busy eating hot dogs and drinking ice cold ice water. I was. Yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. Sure. Well, well we're, we're back. We are. We're we're back, and we're happy like to hear we that. Never left. Well, it is like we left because we were gone for two weeks. So that's, that's... an absolutely ridiculous thing for you to say. But mm-hmm. man, I got to say, Stephen, um, I don't know if you are aware of this, but we first started talking about the NBA playoffs like six weeks ago, and yeah. they're still There's going st- on. I told yeah. you, that. I was like, man, these things are going to go on until like. Mid June, and we're in the finals, though. Yeah, game five is. I'm sure. I'm sure you're going to mention it at some point tonight. Yeah, game five just tipped off. Um, but yeah, so that's going on. We let's see. Since we've last talked, spoken, um, Mm -hmm. the NCAA softball championships happened. Um, Yeah, I'll get. I'll get to all that. Conference tournaments for baseball has happened. Omaha is pretty much set. Yeah. Um, let's see what else has happened in the life of sports. More A and M and you know yeah. whining and fighting. Um, yeah. Lincoln Riley has put his foot in his mouth a couple of times. Yeah, he's um, good at that. He's. We'll, we'll get into this next week, but there's like golf drama. Who would have thought that golf <laughs> would give us some spicy drama? Yeah, we'll have a special guest on next week to. You're excited to about chat that, about. so yeah. Should be fun. Um, yeah, man. It's just you know, we we said this when college football went on hiatus. We kind of said that we're going to discover sports in a shotgun style, hit some of the big things, uh, mm-hmm. things that are going on, and just get back to football season because we're football guys, and a lot yeah. of other people are football guys as well. Um, you know, so really, college, college ended. You know, and we covered the NFL until it ended, and then we thought we'd really be in the dry season. But mm-hmm. I have to say, the off season has. Given us a lot more entertainment than I yeah. thought it would. Yeah, we're 80 days away from uh, from UT kicking off, 82 days from opening Saturday. Uh, Tennessee does kick off on a Thursday night this year, so 80 days out from that. We're only a couple of uh, probably weeks away from really starting to break down some of yeah. the conferences and talking about them yeah. and giving some of our uh, season expectations. Absolutely. Be on the lookout for those. I'm going to try to come up with some good special guest for us to have. We'll see how that works. Nice. Well, before we go any further, let me get uh, just some of the notes out of the way, okay? Some of the housekeeping. If you're listening on your favorite podcast app and you've heard this before, just go ahead and hit that skip ahead button. If you skip 15 seconds at a time, do it probably about four times. If you skip 30 seconds at a time, probably once or twice will be plenty. But here, 
we go. The Sports Corner Podcast is recorded live on Twitch each Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash PastorNick86. So if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, we love you because we are uploaded to all of those great places um, on Tuesdays. But uh, if you ever want to come hang out live, ask questions, interact, give us live feedback that will make it into the recording, join us live on Twitch each Monday night. Uh, however, if you are listening on your podcast app, whether that be Apple, uh, iTunes, um, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever that looks like, please do us a favor and leave us a review. Give us five stars, write something if you can do that. That will really help the podcast gain some analytics and help us grow the show. That's our new hashtag, grow the show, okay? Um, also, if you want to be engaged with the conversation in a little bit more direct way, you can join the Discord server, okay? Uh, that link is posted in the show notes. So if you're listening on your podcast app, just go to the show notes and there'll be a link there. If you're watching on Twitch, that's now in the Twitch chat. You can just click that link. And um, we have a huge section of the Discord devoted to um, all things sports, various sports, general sports, specific sports, whatever. And then, of course, if you're into gaming, movies entertainment, music, anything like that. We've facial got channels hair. for you, facial hair appreciation threads. Um, we've got it all. So come be a part of the congregation discord. We would love to have you. Finally, follow us on social media. I am at Pastor Nick 86. Steven is at Stephen McCoy 23 on Twitter for both of those. Then you can follow the sports corner on both Twitter and Facebook at sports corner eight, six, five. That's the show notes. Nailed it. Nailed it. It's like I didn't even take two weeks off. I know. You just you've been rehearsing for two weeks, I I have. I really have. In the mirror every morning as I brush my teeth, I go (laughs) Gotta stay frosty. Stay frothy. Ooh. Yeah. Little rabies joke, huh? I think it was more like a toothpaste when you brush your teeth that kind of froths up joke. I don't brush your teeth. Let's go the rabies direction. All right, Steven. Yeah. You got this week in sports for us? Yeah, hit that button. Here we go. And now, this week in sports with your host, Stephen McCoy. All right, this week in sports. Uh, We will start with uh, the biggest news of the week. The Kingston alumni took down the current Kingston soccer team on Saturday, three to nothing. So uh, still sore from that. I am uh, a hobbled man right now, but always a good time to... uh, Get together with some guys that I played with way back, uh, almost 10 years ago now, for the record, so I'm getting old, Nick. You're super um, old. The OU softball team completed their historic season with the Red River win for the national championship last week. They finished the season with, are you ready for this number? A plus 467 run differential. They That's scored 515 bad. runs, allowed 48. Um, they had a team ERA of 0.80, and they had a... That they they accomplished 38 wins via run roll. Um, but I also want to take a moment to talk about the team that they played. Um, obviously, I am a Texas fan, but this is of note. Um, the Texas women's softball team became the first unranked team, that being the 16 teams that are quote-unquote ranked as the host teams for those regionals. So they were unranked, and they became the first unranked team to advance to the NCAA championship series. So... Um, Good on them for for getting there. They did ultimately come up short, but um, they did they beat OU twice. So I think OU lost what four games, five games on the whole season, and uh, Texas had two of those. So um, big win for OU. Uh, 
think the back-to-back, correct? One last year? Yeah, yeah, back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So back-to-back wins for the OU softball team. Uh, just a, a, a absolutely outstanding season. I mean, the numbers that they put up were just not. You can't even say video game numbers because you couldn't even do that in video games. Uh, the Saudi Arabian-backed LIV Golf League hosted their first ever event this past weekend in London, with Charles Schwartzel winning the four million dollar purse. Uh, this has been met with a lot of uh, public backlash and um, back and forth between high-profile figures in the golf world. Uh, you know, you teased it earlier, but we will have a special guest on next week. We're hoping to kind of break down what is this LIV Golf League, what what are some of the issues with it, why are people so angry about it. Um, it was an unfortunate yet unsurprising end of the season for uh, Vol fans as the Tennessee baseball team was upset in Game 3 of their Super Regional matchup against Notre Dame. Tennessee does finish the season 57-9 with 158 home runs. That's the fourth most all-time. That's the most in the BB Core era. So um, back several years ago, they changed the bats from whatever that was in the middle of the bats. I don't know what the bats were made of. Um, and what they called the Gorilla Ball era because basically everybody just hit hundreds and hundreds of home runs. So since they've changed, this is by far the most home runs ever hit in a season. They also had a team ERA of 2.5, which led the NCAA this year. Uh, the Vols did win the SEC regular season and SEC tournament championship in a landmark year for the program after they were picked to finish fourth in the East. So um, roughly seventh, eighth, ninth in the conference. So a uh, big year for Tony Vitello and the Vols. Um, they're kind of licking their wounds right now, but I, I think that some teams fold when these things happen. I can only imagine that this will strengthen this team. Uh, he's got some some key holes to fill, but I feel as though if there's a guy that can get that done, Tony Vitello is the man. Uh, Omaha is nearly set. There are uh, There's still one game ongoing right now. Uh, Oregon State and Auburn are playing, but as it currently stands, here are the matchups. Texas faces off against Notre Dame. Texas A&M, the number five seed, squares off against their old Big 12 rival in Oklahoma. Arkansas will play number two Stanford, and Ole Miss is currently awaiting the winner of Oregon State and Auburn. If Auburn wins that game, just two of the nationally ranked teams will make Omaha. Two of them. Uh, We will touch base on that here again in just a minute. Uh, Moving on, the NBA Finals are in full swing. Both teams have split their home games to start the series. Boston taking game one and game three. The Warriors bounce back both times, winning games two and four. The series now shifts back to San Francisco. The Warriors are hoping to become the first team to win back-to-back games in the finals. Uh, Meanwhile, I don't believe Boston has lost two straight games in the entire playoffs. So, um, you know, we'll see how that matchup goes out out in the Bay Area. NBA draft is a little over a week away. And our, uh, our, you know, we're both Thunder fans, so our Oklahoma City Thunder are already making moves. They traded the 30th pick in this year's draft and two future second-round picks to the Denver Nuggets for Jermichael Green and a 2027 first-rounder. I believe that would make this uh, player to be an eighth-grader. So the Thunder are really trying to one-up everybody else by trading for eighth-graders right now. Impressive. The Thunder do still own picks 212 and 34 in this year's draft. And finally, the final World Cup spots were filled today. Uh, Wells defeated Ukraine last weekend in, um, you know, heartbreaking fashion for for Ukraine. That was kind of a shining light for all that's going on there. Um, and I hate that they won't be taking part in the World Cup. Uh, but today, Australia took down Peru in penalties. Um, so, 
you know, something else that we have in the works. We're trying to find a special guest to have on to kind of preview the World Cup as a whole. But all of the matchups are now set. And that's that. There is your week, I guess, weeks in sport. Only thing you missed. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it has come out that Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF will oh, yeah. pay $18 million in exit fees to depart the ACC and join the Big 12 on July 1st, 2023. Yes, we are right around the corner. Uh, there will be at least one overlapping year um, where Texas and Oklahoma will, will play those schools. Unless um, things change on Texas and Oklahoma's part. Because as far yeah. as I understand, they are the only teams switching around that don't have their entry date into their new thing set in stone yet. Yes. Um, the current year is 2025. Um, a lot of people think that that will be at least 2024. It would not shock me if they said, yeah, we're not playing those teams. You have your new conference. We're out. See ya. Um, uh, um, well, we'll start currently... Game five of the NBA Finals is going on. Okay. It's 2-2, so it's now a three-game series. Um, Game five is in Golden State. Game six will be back in Boston, and then game seven is in Golden State. Mm -hmm. So who do you have winning this thing? I mean, you like the team that has the home field advantage in a home court advantage, I guess I should say, in a best-of-three scenario. But both of these teams have proven that they can lose on their home court. So, um, you mm-hmm. know, I'm going to stick with something that we said back when we started our playoff predictions, and I'm going to keep riding the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, Steph Curry is playing out of his mind right now. He is. I don't know what he's averaging, but it is a very high number. Uh, Magic Johnson tweeted today that win or lose, he thinks that the finals MVP should go to Steph Curry. But I think I'm with you. I think Boston has more pieces to get this done. Um, I think Steph is the best player remaining, but I think that the, the you know the the sum is greater than the the what you know the individual parts or whatever. So I think that Boston will get this done. I do think it will go seven though. Has there um, ever been a time that the MVP Finals MVP has been a player from the losing team? Yeah, it's happened a few times. Um, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but uh, there were some years where, you know, one guy just absolutely dominated. And, okay, that's kind of cool. I want to talk so. Oklahoma softball real quick. Yeah, you go for it. Oklahoma softball won its sixth national championship. Um, they had a fifty-nine and three record. They broke their own NCAA tournament record with one hundred and sixteen runs. Obviously, um, kudos to Texas for making there to making the final game, uh, especially as you said, not being you know in that top sixteen ranking there. But they did outscore their arch rival in the final by a combined score of twenty six to six, and it's their fifth national championship simply in the last decade. So five in the last ten years. Uh, I was reading on the good old Twitter from Reddit CFB, which is usually not a very kind. Uh, place for Oklahoma fans. I think they got some pretty anti-OU people that run that Twitter and uh, subreddit, but they were even giving some congratulatory tweets to OU's uh, women's team. They said, as dynasties go, Oklahoma softball has probably at this point pulled the head of Bama football and a bit behind UConn women's hoops. We'll save that debate for another day. But I did find these two things interesting. They said that, um, in 2011, NCAA softball was dominated by the Pac-12, who had won 24 of 30 national titles. 
Um, OU softball head coach Patty Gasso is from L.A. and um, has had plenty of opportunities to go back out west, but she stayed in Norman and has won a majority of the NCAA championships since. And this I one I thought was Don't you wish somebody else had stayed in Norman and not gone to L.A.? Hmm, perhaps. Maybe not. Um, not if he blames his players for his losses in the yeah. playoffs. Yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, this, this one that I thought was cool. OU had a chance to play 427 innings if all games went to their full seven innings. Um, one game went to 10. So they did have one game that went to 10 innings. They it was still, against Tennessee, right? I believe it was. They yeah. still only played 354 of 427 <laughs> potential innings. Had the finals had a run rule, it would have been 351 innings, yeah. which basically means they shaved 10.5 games from their season simply by run ruling other teams. Uh, in March, they only had one game go to seven innings. Now, we, you know, a couple of those players on that team set some home run records and other things. Imagine what they would have done had they had, you know, an extra 10 games yeah. to swing and hit some balls in. So, yeah. very dominant team this year. Yeah. I would I would like to know the numbers for, for baseball if you could, because they don't really do run rules in baseball. Right, right. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, that Tennessee baseball team was – was almost as dominant throughout the regular season as that as yeah. that OU softball team was. They they were just they lost a few more, but I mean they just ran ran a riot through there. So um interesting year. Obviously OU was able to come out on top. Um the balls came up short, um, as is to be expected for Vol fans at this point. Sure. Um so I looked up Steph Curry currently averaging thirty four point three points per game in the finals. Um and there has been one losing player to win the NBA Finals. I thought there was more than that. It was uh, Jerry West back in 1969. So, so that's, that's it's happened once. Um, I haven't, I don't know all the stats. I couldn't tell you. I assume that Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown will be the, uh, the, the, the finals MVP and obviously depending on what happens. Mm-hmm. But um, if, if the Warriors were to go on and lose, I would imagine it'd be one of those two guys. So, yeah. Uh, one more thing to uh, to to talk about before we get into um, the Nick Saban or the Lincoln Rally drama, whichever we want first. Uh, I want you to pick Omaha. So Texas against Notre Dame. This is supposed to be the one eight matchup. This is the nine and unranked matchup. <laughs> um, Texas taking out ECU as the eight seed. Notre Dame upsetting the number one seed balls. So. Oh, uh, so I'm picking each yeah, matchup? Yeah. Just pick, oh, yeah, you, okay. You pick each matchup, and then yeah. uh, obviously from there it gets weird because of winners, losers brackets. So we'll just yeah. take an overall winner. Gotcha. Um, you know, I don't know. I think Notre Dame showed that they're beatable, but they also showed that they can do some pretty impressive things when they mm-hmm. get hot. Um, so if they come in there and they keep playing that way, I mean, I think I think they probably win that series, unfortunately. I would much prefer Texas to win, but. I think Texas. So Texas, if you don't know. Over the weekend, they lost game one on the road. Game two, they were down big, came back, walked it off in the bottom of the ninth, mm-hmm. and then hammered ECU on Sunday to yeah. ultimately win that. So I think Texas is kind of peaking at the right time. They were dominant to start. They really kind of fell apart in the middle. They've come on of late. I think Texas gets by Notre Dame. Uh, A&M spurs off against their old Big 12 foe, Oklahoma. Very Big 12 and very Southwest. Conference 
mm-hmm. feel here. So A and M Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean A and M. I think is probably playing better ball overall. <clears throat> but yeah. I mean, there's no chance that I'm picking against Oklahoma. So I mean, Oklahoma's not supposed to be here, and they are. So right. I mean, why not? Why not keep going? So keep going. Um, Arkansas Stanford. Stanford is the two seed. Arkansas coming out of an under. You know, they went to Oklahoma State and won. Then they go to UNC and win the Super Regional. Now they're in Omaha. I think they've got good tradition, good coaching, and all that. Um, obviously, at some point, the favorites got to start winning. So, um, but you know, I like Arkansas here. Yeah, Stanford really struggled with UConn. Um, I didn't think UConn had a snowball's chance. Um, so, yeah, I'll keep riding the hot hand in Arkansas. Then Ole Miss is currently waiting on the winner of Arkansas, Ark, or sorry, Oregon State and Auburn. So. Um, don't know the score there, but uh, yeah. So Ole Miss playing good baseball. Oregon State would be the three seed if they get through that. Auburn obviously unranked. So um, picking Oregon State the whole way. Oregon State, okay. So yeah. is that who you have won at all? No, no. I'm just saying. Okay, gonna just tonight's there. game. Okay. They're going to win. Beat Auburn. Going to beat Ole Miss. Okay, yeah. yeah. So Ole Miss Auburn is coming up, and uh, Ole Miss will win it. So that's what's happening. Who do you got winning the whole thing? Texas Notre Dame. A&M, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Stanford, Ole Miss, or Oregon State was your pick. So. My heart says Oklahoma. My go yeah. for an underdog team that I think can pull it off says Arkansas. Okay. My like look at it and who maybe has the best chance based on how they're kind of playing right now and all that. As long as they don't get in their own way mentally, I think Notre Dame. Okay. <clears throat> but if I have to just pick one, obviously I'm going Oklahoma. You're taking Oklahoma. Sure. Um. It, it pains me to do this, um, but I, I just think that Arkansas is the most battle-tested team left. Yeah, Ole Miss, Auburn, all of those teams, kind of the same way. Uh, Arkansas was the was the Tennessee of last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were sure. they were dominant. They ran rough shot through the conference. They didn't lose a single series all season last year. Arkansas they people don't hate Tennessee, by the way. Yeah, I know. I don't understand it. It makes no sense. It's funny because so Tony Vitello was an assistant for Dave Van Horn in Arkansas. Okay. Dave Van Horn was hired by Arkansas from assistant coach at Nebraska, but uh, Arkansas fans are are throwing this weird fit about oh well, he was just an assistant coach. Well, almost all coaches were well, just an assistant coach when they were first hired. So sure, let's just pump the brakes there. But they were all clamoring for them to, um, or sorry, they, they would all clamor for them to replace Dave Van Horn with Tony Vitello whenever that time comes. Uh, I don't understand the hatred, but Arkansas was the Tennessee of last year. And fairness, the Arkansas hate that I see is never necessarily directed at Vitello, it's just directed at Tennessee. Yeah, it's weird to me. I know I they're kind of synonymous, it. but. They they would have rather us lost than them win last weekend. Uh, obviously, believe. both happened, so that worked. Yeah, but, best of both um, worlds. Um, but anyway, so Arkansas does not make it out of the Super Regional. They they lose. They get upset by NC State in that Super Regional. So, um, you know, this this has a familiar feel, and I think that they learned from that, and I think they're hot. So I am unfortunately picking Arkansas to win this whole thing. Nice. Um, if for no other reason that whenever they lose, you know, hey, maybe I curse them. There you go. You can take. So, I have Arkansas. You have Oklahoma because you're mm-hmm. thinking very straight tonight. I am. Um, yeah. Speaking I of mean, Oklahoma, this is kind of like making Oklahoma. the final four, though. So it's not like you know the tournament's starting. And I'm like, yeah, Oklahoma's going to run. I mean, 
That's true. Yeah, Omaha, I mean, you know, there's only eight teams, so that's what a. Well, I know, but it's just is, is twelveish percent chance. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. That's fine. Uh, speaking of Oklahoma and former mm-hmm. Oklahoma coaches, yeah. Um, what was it Lincoln Riley said this week? I can pull well, it up Lincoln Riley said several things this week, but the most idiotic thing was he's doing you know this round of. Um, you know, media interviews and going on these shows and whatnot. And basically, you know, they ask him about his success that he's anticipating at USC. And he talks about, you know, he really feels like he's going to have some, you know, championship caliber teams. And they kind of start talking about the championship caliber teams at Oklahoma. And he goes on to say, and I don't have the exact quote. So if you want to look it up to get it, you're welcome to. I have it. I can read it off for This. Go ahead. Actually, just read it off. That's why I don't misquote the man. So this was in an interview with CBS Sports. I've walked into four playoffs, and I've never had better than maybe the third best roster of the four teams, Riley said. Every other year, we were 4 of 4. We had really good rosters, but they weren't the same. I can't imagine that there could be a setting that we could build a better roster than we can here. Obviously here, meaning... USC. USC. Is he probably technically true? I would have to go look and see who... Yeah. The four teams each of those years were because I think there was like what maybe one year Notre Dame was in there and that I would probably maybe that's the year that he's saying we're the third best roster. I mean, sure, if we're looking at overall talent between like Alabama and probably Clemson a few of those years and Oklahoma, you're right. Probably by the letter of the law, you probably do have the, you know, third best of, you know, those three teams Mm -hmm. or whatever. But it's not like. Well, that's what matters. It's upsets it's don't not, happen. It's not like freaking. I don't even know the right comparison here. I mean, it, it's not like Sam Houston State University somehow makes it there and they're playing against, you know, these Division One, the Patriots. Well, I mean, even like you know, I'm, I'm even trying to be like, I'm even trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, it's not like Sam Houston State's going and playing Baylor. Like, that's right. a big discrepancy. And maybe yeah. you can say, oh, same Houston State got there somehow, yada, yada, yada. But, like, that's a big roster difference. And if they won, mm-hmm. it would be a huge upset, right? Appy State over Michigan. This is yeah. not what happened there. Like, yes, technically, by by the stars and all that, and if you got to choose, hey, do you want Alabama's players or Oklahoma's players on this given day, you would probably say, yeah, overall, Alabama's got the better players. They've got five stars backing up five stars. Oklahoma doesn't, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But, dude. You yeah. had back-to-back Heisman-winning quarterbacks. You got to dub yourself wide receiver you when that's never been Oklahoma's identity, but you had such a good receiving core for multiple years in a row that you basically got to steal that title if you so wanted because you had such mm-hmm. good receivers. You had running backs who were not maybe first you know pick in the drafts, but Mixon's playing in the uh, NFL. Samaj so P. Ryan's playing in the NFL. Um, there are others. I, I'm, I'm blanking yeah. out now, but I think some of them, you know, on similar teams, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, go look at those rosters. Those were stacked, talented, championship yeah. caliber rosters. So, yes, maybe instead of being a rank 99, you were a rank 97. But if you can't beat a 99 with your 97 roster, that's on you. Not on the players. Now, with that said, yeah. I guess the caveat is we all know that Oklahoma had defense problems. Um, no one will ever, you know, fail to admit that. But who's the head coach? 
whose job is it to figure that out? Yeah, that's that was my point on the whole thing is if you're complaining about a roster, that's kind of on you. You were he was there what five years, six years? I mean, as head coach, and he was OC yeah. before that. I mean, big part right. of right. Well, recruiting you know, but, and... yeah. So if you're there for you know, if you take the job, you know, Josh Heupel, right? He comes in and he has a a, a, a roster devoid of talent, right? And he doesn't make excuses. He just does the best with what he's got. Now, obviously, they didn't make a college football playoff, and you know, had they, yes, you would have said they were far and away the worst roster there. Sure, but by year five, if the roster's still in bad shape, that's on Josh Heupel. By year five, if Oklahoma's roster's in bad shape, that's on Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. Nobody else can fix that. I mean, that you you have to fix that yourself by hiring coaches that recruit better, by finding the right scheme that gets the most out of your defense, whatever it might be. But, I mean, you said it best. Yes, maybe your roster was devoid of talent. You had the Heisman Trophy winner given to the best player in college football. Yeah. The best player in college football. Two years in a row. You had the Heisman Trophy winner two years in a row. And a Heisman finalist the other year. Yeah. Like, let's not pretend that this roster was just a bunch of random dudes that Lincoln Riley just you know, rallied rallied them around him and they he carried them to the promised land. Like, no, this was very good football teams that had massive holes, like you mentioned, but you knew what the holes were. We talked about it every year. Oh, Oklahoma has a really bad defense. Are they going to fix it this year? They never did. So, yeah, and, and yes, I agree. The odds of him building a better roster are better at USC than they are in Oklahoma, right? It's easier to recruit there, especially for a guy that has raided California like sure. Lincoln Riley has. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think I'm I'm saying anything groundbreaking there, but the comments just, you know, it just was such a put off for me that you would go out and blame these guys who gave their all. If you knew they were good enough, why did you recruit them there? Why'd you play them? Yeah. So, just. Well, really Riley annoying, was man. there at Oklahoma from 2017 to 2021. Um, obviously, he was the quarterback and offensive coordinator from 2015 and 2016 seasons. So he was a part of the recruiting. But here's what I'll guarantee. That dude took over with a stacked uh, roster. Mm-hmm. And I don't have this information in front of me. Maybe we'll look it up. But I would bet you that Oklahoma's like recruiting classes probably did not significantly jump one way or the other under Lincoln Riley, but um, but I, I would not be surprised if they went down under his tutelage. So what um, was um, what was his first year? Uh, as head coach. Head coach, 2017 through 2021. Okay. So in 15, OU was 15th. Okay. So this is kind of the tail end of the Bob Stoops era. 16, OU comes in at 19. Okay. And 17. That's Lincoln Riley's first year in charge. OU's up to eight. Okay. In 18, OU checks in at nine. Okay. So that's an improvement so far. 19, OU checks in at six. In 2020, OU slips a little back to 13. And then in 2021, OU is at 10. So There's some improvement there. Yeah, across the board. I mean, yeah. What are you going to do? Obviously, about, dude? you can go back to the middle 
you know, 2010 probably. And yeah, we used five in 2010. So there were good years under Bob Stoops, but sure. things were, you know, he, he increased the talent on the roster according to recruiting rankings his first couple of years, you know, under his tutelage there. So um, just a sour grapes comment, you know, I have bashed the way that OU fans have treated him since they've left. I just I, I find it humorous and, and annoying that they just throw this fit like they have. But just shut up. <laughs> like, just you don't have to say these things and, you know, cause all this issue again and make you look like a buffoon. Like, you can just not say this and it's okay. Yeah, he's definitely like, not doing himself any favors. So, speaking of people that are embarrassing and don't do themselves any favor, Texas A&M, they, they, they throw a fit because they get left out of the loop that Texas and Oklahoma are joining the conference and they weren't discussed about or, or weren't consulted, right? Right. So I don't know if you saw, but last week they bandied about and, and paraded around the fact that the first game between Texas and Texas A&M will be played at Kyle Field. Oh. Okay. Great. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so um, this is after they threw a fit and said, oh, well, Texas will not be in our pod. Okay, well, the conference said, okay, fine, we're not going to do pods anyway, so whatever. You can yeah. have that. Good luck, so, everybody. So now they're like, okay, well, you have to play them every year. And so now they're like, well, we want the first home game. Like, that's some big win. And they paraded it. I mean, their their athletic director was all about it. As far as moral victories or whatever you want to call it go, that has to be near the bottom. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, well then they turn around. Go ahead. Sorry. No, it's a big deal. Who cares? Yeah. So then they turn around and uh, it was released today through an open records request that A&M petitioned the SEC to fine and possibly suspend Nick Saban for his <laughs> comments. I mean, are you kidding me? The, the the golden boy cash cow of the SEC is going to get suspended. Yeah. First of all, it's not going to happen. So why are you even wasting your yeah I don't know your lawyer's time writing up that brief or whatever? And but, I mean, if anybody's going to get suspended for what they said, it's the guy that said he needs to be slapped upside the head, right? Not the guy that said, "Hey, I think they're cheating over there." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the, uh, you know the. The lack, you know, we talked about Antonio Brown maybe being the most like unaware person or professional athlete we've ever seen, right? right? Like yeah. he just mm-hmm. doesn't get that what he's doing and doesn't get why he gets backlash for it. Like AM fans have to be the most just backwards, unaware fan base where they do these weird things and like, why, why are we getting flack for this? <laughs> why, why don't people why like are this people, more? Yeah, why, are, why are people upset? Well, because you're just parading around ridiculous things and and calling for suspensions when your coach said something. Now, again, I agreed with what Jimbo said, basically saying, you know, don't don't call me out when you're doing the same stuff, right? Like, yeah. we, we, we hashed all that out. I agreed with what Jimbo Fisher said. But don't turn around and call for a suspension for a guy who said, hey, I think they're cheating, whenever your coach is like, well, he needs to be slapped upside the head, and I know where the skeletons are buried, and you want to know, ask any of his former – I mean – well, Jimbo went way coming, further on that whole thing. This is coming, you know, weeks after the incident, weeks yeah. after these guys have sat in the same room and were diplomatic with each other. And Saban, whether sincere or not, has said, 
you know, I apologize for saying that. I should not have named any names. I should have been more discreet. And, you know, whether that's a fake apology or not, I don't know. But I'm saying, like, the world is moving on. And A&M's like, no, no. He said mean things. He hurt feelings. Yeah. Uh, even though you're saying, you know, things back. And you know what? If I were a stinking, um, you know, someone petty, I'd be like, okay, you know, Jimbo, you said that any assistant who worked with Saban could verify that Saban cheats. You were, um, you were an assistant with him. So sit down from this deposition. Tell us how he cheated. Yeah. And what was your yeah. involvement in it? You really want to go down this road? You really want suspensions? Cool. Let's yeah. talk about it. Uh, and I bet he'd change his tune really, really quickly. So, um, right. you know, it, it's just, it, at some point is... it becomes petty. And that the was pearl, a long time ago, and now we're really there. The pearl clutching that comes out of College Station is just, it, it blows me away. So, yeah. Um, good job, AM. You once again have egg on your face. For... I have to say, when I lived in Texas, um, man, you, if you ran into someone who had graduated from AM, you could usually tell pretty quick. Uh, and, and a lot of them were good people, don't get me wrong, but there is just something different. And heaven forbid you say something like, oh, are you a Longhorn fan? Golly, man. That's like you yes. just slap their mama in front of them. What do you yeah. mean? I went to the Texas saying that. You know, I'm like, well, okay, buddy. Congratulations. Gig them. I don't know. What do you want from me? Go away. Not, not, not those short horns. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, you yeah. think an OU fan and their horns down at any event, no matter the opponent, is annoying? Go talk to an AM fan face to face and oh, call man. him a uh, Longhorn fan, and they will. Yeah. You'll never hear yeah. the end of it. Guarantee it. I never did. That, Sheesh. It just. The egg on their face once again. I, they just can't get out of their own way. To me, if you want to get out of the little brother status, you left the conference. You went out and you blazed your own path, and you continually tried to prove you're better than the school that you tried to, tried to leave, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like it's like you, you know you get broken up with, and, and all you do is talk to your new girlfriend about how much you hate your old girlfriend. Like that, yeah. it's just a yeah. Like, like just just let it go. Like you've blazed your own path. That's great. We don't. I don't. As a Texas fan, I do not care what A and M does. I don't care. Right. It does not bother me. It does not affect me. Just leave it alone. Like who cares where this first flipping football well, game is going to be played? You know what? It's going to be at Kyle Field. So just get ready for it. Okay. Oh, uh, I'm I'm ready. I mean. It's gonna be even better if they get beat the first matchup back, and they they get to have it at home, so they get embarrassed at home. That would make my day. Um, but yeah, good job, and Hopefully, you get Nick Saban suspended for that first out of conference game that nobody cares about. That'll go a long way toward uh, helping you win the season. Yeah. Anything else we need to touch on? Well, I've got some non-sports mo- news that I think is important to touch on. Okay. Um, and that is that. Um, I'm scheduled to go camping this weekend. Okay. It's going to be the hottest yeah. week of the year. Yeah, good luck, sir. Heat index. <laughs> but I also just you know read this headline. Great Smoky Mountain urges caution after bear rips into tent at Elkmont Campground. A three-year-old girl and her mother received superficial scratches to their heads, but the father was able to eventually scare the bear from the site. And then their little like tips for like camping... You know, it's like, these sites are closed, these sites are closed. Tents are not recommended. Guess what I do, buddy? I tent (laughs) camp. Now, am I going to Elkmont? No. Not now. That's not the point. (laughs) Yeah. 
Not if attack, if, a, if a bear attacks our tent, I'm not scaring it away. I'm peeing just, in the corner. I hope it's just, afraid of pee. I'm just, just going to let it eat me, right? That's right. In fairness, I feel like that's a worthwhile sacrifice because there's no way it's still hungry to eat anyone else in the campsite after eating me. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You are taking one for the team. Fill that battle uh, Currently, Oregon State leads, or Auburn leads Oregon State 4 1. So. All right. I got a fun thing for us to discuss as we're closing out this okay. episode. Get your yeah. dice roller up. Okay. Let's do dice roller. Roll dice. So it's a, it's a D20. Yeah. Okay. The nine. You're going to tell me what it is before we. No. I rolled a 17. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. The debate is, yeah. would you rather okay. your school's team to uh-huh. be completely dominant in the regular season uh-huh. and then lose, you know, going into the postseason, yeah. or would you rather an average season but dominate and, you know, you go go far win in the postseason? So, basically looking at Tennessee's baseball team here, do you think this team is going to be would this team is this team going to be more remembered for what they were, or would they be more remembered if they had had an average season, but made that late run, made it to Omaha, let's say even won the championship? If they win the championship, I mean, if if a championship's ever offered, that's the answer. So, you know, they squeak in. Okay, let's say similar to basketball, right? Like they're off all year, they win the conference tournament somehow, and they make the NCAA, and then they win the championship. That's all that matters, man. You hang a banner, you move on. That's great. Now, if the if the argument is they struggle, they win the conference tournament, they make Omaha, you know, whatever. They don't. Maybe they make the championship series and lose. I think that's more of an argument. Um, I will say this: I think what this team did was Tennessee fans have longed for something to cheer about, right? Like. We've been in the in the basement for a long time in a lot of sports. Um, and so coming off the basketball season success that they had and they lost in heartbreaking fashion, um, and then getting to turn to baseball and not just that they were winning, but how fun they were and how dominant they were and, and then how you know universally hated they were that just furthered that divide of Tennessee versus everyone that that we have going on right now, you know, I obviously, yeah, I would trade it for a championship, but short of that, I don't know that I would trade it for anything. You know, I I think that this season gave us a lot of fun, a lot of enjoyment, a lot of um, belief back in, in, in the team back in obviously the current players, but, but the coaching staff moving forward and uh, the athletic department in a whole seems to be rising in a very, um, quick and sustainable manner, if that makes sense, right? Okay. It'll yeah, feel like right. it's a flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, the, you've heard the saying that you know, rising tide lifts all ships, or whatever. I feel like that's what's happening right now. Is you're getting that sense of camaraderie where, I mean, I went to uh, the Saturday game of the regional, and I saw um, several of the UT basketball players there, right? Like you're getting this sense of like, we want to support each other. We want to be there for each other. That is just really cool to see. And I think baseball really helped rally that this year and really helped bring that out um, across the athletic department. So um, yeah, I, I think 
you trade it for a, a championship, but short of a championship, I don't think you trade this season for anything. Being as dominant as you were, being as fun as you were, winning a conference championship, regular season, and tournament title. Do you trade this season for the chance to play for the SEC championship? In what football. Football. Uh, I don't. I, I think this was more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I, you know, fo- football is the sport here, but um, I think that the baseball team has a has a different feel to it that um, you know used to bat like basketball, for instance. You just didn't really have basketball fans. They had fans that went to basketball games because it was something to do. The basketball was good and football was awful, so people became basketball fans because it was better. Well, now every all the sports are getting better, but I think you have a legitimate baseball contingent, and even if it does overlap with football fans, you're not really competing for that time. Is you know that makes sense? Basketball okay. and football have that overlap, so. Um, all right. So no, I I, I thought the season w- was amazing. Um, I'm excited to see what they do next year. They continually have um, overachieved. Um, obviously, like I said, they were picked to finish fourth in the East this year. None of their players were put on preseason all-conference teams. Um, they placed several on all-conference teams. Um, they placed several on all-American teams. So um, they had returned a lot of pieces. They lose some key pieces. They got some rebuilding to do. But um, no, I wouldn't trade it. Last but not least, who yeah. do you think the most who who do you think has the most receiving yards by a returning SEC wide receiver? I believe that would be Cedric Tillman. Cedric Tillman, 1,081 yards. Yeah. All right, Stephen, yeah, you got was... anything else for us before I play us out? No, just excited for uh, for what's next. Yeah, next week we, gotta... we mentioned that we're going to have a special guest on. We're going to be talking all things sports, don't get me wrong, but we're going to focus in a little bit on perhaps the most um, – Interesting yeah. news coming out of uh, golf ever. Like there's drama, there's anger, there's hatred. And in my opinion, there's a whole lot of unjustified gaslighting that's going on. And I can't wait to get into it next week. Yeah. I think the PGA, certain people, certain media people are being a bunch of gaslighting whiny babies about this thing. Okay. All right. We'll get into it. Special guest like next it. week. Be sure to listen to that. We'll be live on the Twitch channel on um, Monday night and then on the podcast on Tuesday. Hey, thank you guys for listening. This has been episode 83 of the Sports Corner Podcast. We've caught you up on all the postseason games in softball and baseball and in the NBA. We've caught you up on all the other interesting drama going on in college football. So much more. And we're so glad that you are here for the ride. That's Steven. My name is Nick. This is the Sports Corner Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.